welcome back to the Pulp Diction Pod. To Ben Daly. It's been a minute. How are you? What's up, man? Welcome to the... We're filming this on the Heights, Boston College. It's good to have Zach here. And uh, it has been a while, dude. I can't even remember the last time I was on. Definitely way before the playoffs started. Yeah. So I got a lot of... I got a lot to say. Got a lot of marinating. Yeah, it's been forever because I I basically used to have a setup where I could like do it over the phone. And I don't have that setup anymore. So I have to do these in person now. That's why you've been getting so much Nick. But we got Ben today. That's the important part. Yeah, you've got a well-educated NBA fan this time. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, so let's get right into your corner, Celtics-Bucks. Um, obviously the Celtics down Hayward the entire year, down Irving for the playoff run, basically. Down Marcus Smart until game six. Uh, game five, actually. Or until game five. Yeah. And, you know, they're hanging around with a Bucks team that has probably two of the three best players in the series. And Giannis is by far the best player in the series. And it's just, like, through weird Joe Prunty coaching and, like, Brad Stevens being really fucking good. Got into Game 7. So I guess, what are your thoughts on the series? Um, so I've loved watching it. I think, I, I'm still really confident with the Celtics. I picked them before the series. I thought it would go 6 or 7. And that's just because they're the more talented team. There's no doubt about it. I would agree. I think Giannis is... So far and away, the best player in the series, and Middleton's probably the third after Horford. Um, and I think the only real advantage that Boston has is their coaching. Uh, their defense has also been phenomenal. Both teams are really good defensively. Like, the Bucks are super long. It feels like everyone on their team is like a seven-foot wingspan. Yeah, there's a um, lot of arms on the court. Yeah, and Giannis is just, like, everywhere, it feels like, a lot of the time. And, I don't know, there's just so much to talk about this series. Like, every game's been a so different. The first two games looked like the Celtics were going to win in four games. We were completely dominant. Prunty kind of stumbled his way into the right lineups. He realized that playing a 40-year-old Jason Terry wasn't the right move. He was and, rolling out a lot of Jason Terry and, like, John Henson. Yeah, and Henson, <laughs> like, Henson got injured. Lineups. So, again, he stumbled his way into it because Henson got injured. He realized that he can actually get decent minutes from Tyler Zeller, which no one's more surprised about than I am. But um, And then in, you know, games three and four, the Bucks won both of those, and it felt like Prunty had figured something out and we were screwed. Come, here comes Marcus Smart, who people who know me well know that I am higher on Marcus Smart than pretty much anyone on earth. I think he did change the series, and he still is. Like, obviously in Game 5, I thought he was our best player. He came in, and he had two steals in the first 30 seconds yeah, he was in the game. he, like, immediately One of which, dove on the floor yeah. with his, like, surgically repaired thumb, like, on his thumb. Yeah, it's so the way, the way he broke his thumb two months ago was he was diving for a ball, and he did the exact same thing 30 seconds into the game. <laughs> insane. Um, and then he, like, ten se- and then two minutes later, he rejected a Jonas alley-oop, like, at the rim, yeah, which was phenomenal. Too. So, I think he could jump that high. Dude, he's just... I, I think people sleep on him. I think he's one of the best defenders in the NBA, if not the best. And he's done such a good job on Middleton. Middleton was shooting like 60% or something ridiculous at the beginning of the series. And he still is shooting really high. But like, I was looking at all the clips on Twitter where Marcus is defending him. And every time, Smart's playing perfect D and Middleton's still hitting his shot. So that dude is just going to make shots no matter what. I think he's, like, one of the better shooters in the NBA. Yeah, that um, starts one negative as a defender is that he's only, what, 6'4"? Yeah, I think he's 6'4 or 6'5". Like, there's but only his so wingspan is 6'10". Okay, well, that's good. But, yeah, <laughs> like, if you're Middleton, though, and you're also, like, 6'8", 7'1", wingspan, or whatever he is, Yeah, it's tough for Smart to totally, like... Like, Durant, if he closes out perfectly, will block shots. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously the fact that we're even here and in Game 7 to a lot of people, is ridiculous. Like, we don't have our two best players. Think about any other NBA team without their two best players. Think about the Cavs without LeBron and Kevin Love. They don't win a single game all year. Yet, we are still up there playing good basketball, and we're getting contributions from so many people you never thought we would. Like, for example, Shane Larkin has emerged. I think Shane Larkin is a really good backup NBA point guard. Yeah, he's solid. Although, Stevens makes everyone look good. That's true. Stevens does make everyone look good. And Evan like, Turner making $17 million a year right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's made a lot of money for a lot of people. Um, I think, you know, so to talk about things that I'm worried about, I think we have a lot of guys who are not consistent on the Celtics. Jalen Brown, sometimes he gets 30 points, sometimes he's relevant. Tatum's had a hard time in this series. Um, he's been turn- He turned the ball over a few times last night because he's just trying to do so much, which yeah. makes sense. Like a lot of time he's out there and he's a rookie and he's our number one guy on, on offense, which is a lot for anyone. Um, Rozier has been... Rozier hit a buzzer beater in game one, so the tendency is to be like he's playing great, and he's he's hits so many clutch shots, but 
he hasn't been good, in my opinion, just like based on the eye test. Most of the series has been bad, um, so that's been hard to watch. And then Marcus Morris has struggled. He's been the number one guy for me that I'm pointing the blame at. Um, there was a point at the end of the regular season where no matter what shot he took, I was happy with it because it felt like everything was going in. But now every time he has the ball, I'm just like yelling for him not to shoot. Yeah, it's kind of a frightening combo. Like As much as I like Al Horford, I don't want him to be my first option on offense. He's... He should be getting 15 points a game on, like, all kickouts and, you know, plays in the offense. So it's a lot of, like, Tatum, who's 19 and is getting, like, harassed by 6'9 dudes with quick. <laughs> and a lot of Jalen Brown, who, like you said, like, it's kind of all or nothing. I think his inconsistency is because of his jump shot. It's just not like, like, whereas Tatum knows every game he's going to be confident in, like, a mid-range and a three. Brown, like, I think he'll have games where he doesn't feel like he can make a jump shot. Yeah, and I think, like, Brown's athleticism is really where he gets the, like, his advantage, but the Bucks are a really athletic team. Yeah. And they're just, they're they're incredible on the defensive end. I don't know what their stats were in the regular season on defense, but they look really good out there. We're having, like, a really hard time scoring. All of these games are um, pretty much, it's like 95 to 96, like, yeah, in that they're range. they're a super frustrating <laughs> team defensively because you look at their lineups, they can roll out there, like, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis... Um, Jabari is a shitty defender, but like Bledsoe could be an amazing defender. Yeah, Thon's quick and long, even though he doesn't really know what he's doing yet. And they should be like an awesome, awesome defense. And all year they ran like these aggressive trapping schemes and rotated really dumb, made really dumb rotations and all this stuff. So they were like a crappy, not crappy. They're like average to below average during the regular season, but they have the physical tools to be a top five defense and the players. Yeah, and I mean, our defense hasn't really lacked at all. I think we've been really good. I know there, there are like some quarters in the series where one of the teams will have like six points in the entire quarter. So <laughs> It's rocked quite a bit. It's been, and sometimes it's hard to watch. No one's making baskets. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Al Horford. I think Horford's been great in this series. He has. He's the most consistent player I've ever watched. <laughs> He's going to get 14, 8, and 5 every single game and play really good defense. Um, and I think we need to get in the ball more. That was my big thing after... We lost games three and four. I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to go to Al, and we've been doing that more, and it's been working. I don't know. Like, game six was tough. I felt like we had a chance to get back in it, um, but they were just too much for us in the end. And I feel like – it feels like whenever Jabari Parker plays well, they win. He's yeah, like the biggest. He's, been, he's the biggest X factor in this series. He's either really bad or really good, and, like, he's a, he's a weapon on offense. He's been coming off the bench, which who knows if that's the right decision, but – I don't know. I, 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 I'm still picking the Celtics for Game 7 because I feel like Brad's coaching will just get us the win, but I am slightly concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a, a game. Like, Giannis is going to come in hot. Giannis is going to try and drop 40 on you. Middleton's been fire. So, like, if those two guys are clicking, it's going to be really tough for you guys to score enough. That being said, I think the crowd in Boston especially is going to go berserk. So it's like one of those teams that Boston fans love to cheer for where they just are, like, totally undergunned. Yeah, and just play really scrappy. So I think I think the crowd will be insane, and I really want you guys to win because looking ahead to the Seventy Sixer series, I think there's no chance the Bucks do anything against the Sixers. The Sixers just have too much talent for Milwaukee to coast by on talent. I think there's a world where the Celtics could make the Sixers sweat in a series. Um, I think Smart is a really fun guy to have on Ben Simmons for a whole series. Yeah, but we put Al on him usually, which pisses me off. So I would throw Al on Embiid. <laughs> Although you might have to roll with Baines because Al's yeah. just not big enough. But I I think putting Smart on Ben Simmons would be really fun, and I want to see that for six games. Um, plus, like, as good as Phillies looked, it, there's going to be some games. Like, Bellinelli is taking terrible shots right now. There's going to be some games where those don't fall. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Reddick, Him and Reddick are just going yeah, up. Yeah, and, like... You know, if Boston can steal a couple games where the three-pointers aren't falling for, for Bellinelli, Redick, Ilyasova, Covington, I mean, that's that's an opening. Plus, like, you can't overlook the fact that the Celtics would have home court in that series. Yeah, so kind of a hot take. I think that if the Celtics get through, we can really make it competitive with Philly. I, think I, I don't know what our season record think about. I don't know what our season record is against Philly, but I'm pretty sure we're, like, 3-1. and one. We give them a really hard time. Um, I like Baines on Embiid. Baines is a really, really, really good defender, especially on big guys. Um, doesn't usually get into foul trouble, which Embiid's really good at you know, getting guys in trouble. And then I love the idea of Smart on Ben Simmons. I can't think of a better guy to guard him. 
Um, I don't think Horford's the right guy to guard him, but I would love to see that series. And I agree with you. The Bucks, if they get through, they're going to lose in like four or five. Yeah. It would be cool to watch Ben Simmons and Giannis go at it, but I don't know. I love. I, I just love this Celtics team. I know they don't have that much talent, but I just it, it works. It's beautiful to watch on offense. Like some of the possessions we had last night. If you watch the game, it's like six passes, driving kickouts, and it's just like fun to watch compared to so many teams in the NBA now where it's just all iso ball. And this is getting ahead of ourselves, but there's so many teams in the playoffs that I'm having trouble watching because I really don't like <laughs> the way they play. Yeah. Um, that sounds like shots at Houston. <laughs> Definitely shots at Houston, shots at Cavs. Um, yeah, let's um, Rocket. I mean, um, Wolves, too. I mean, I don't know. Let's talk. Uh, we got some other game sixes. I know we want to talk Cavs Pacers. Do You, you said you didn't care at all about Raptors Wiz. Yeah, it's just I think the Raptors are going to win. Uh, it's like more of a 4-5 matchup than a 8-1, but yeah, I think the Raps are coming out of that. The Raps, they've just kind of been disappointing. They do what they did every like they do this yeah, every year. You get excited about them, and then they come into the playoffs and they just kind of don't play well. This was my take. I thought they were the same exact team, but their bench was absolutely ludicrous in the regular season and that gave them like six more wins. But like, in the playoffs, you don't ride your bench 20 minutes a game. You ride at 8. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like their advantages are lessened in the playoffs. Exactly. Basically. And, you know, further, a lot of young guys, I just I didn't think they'd be a great playoff team. And the Wiz, the exact opposite. A ton of high-line talent, really shitty rest of the roster. That, you know, lends itself to playing better in the playoffs. Um, Sky Brooks is just a horrible coach. I, we don't have to talk about it. I think the Raps <laughs> win game six. Um or, you know, maybe the Wiz takes six and the Raps win in seven, but mm-hmm. I don't really care. I agree. Uh, Jazz Thunder, Nick and I have talked a ton about. Um, that's kind of the last series that's really contested. I love that series. Oh, we, well, what are your thoughts on it? We can talk that really quickly. Um, well, first thought is that Carmelo Anthony is not good at basketball. Oh, um, my God, he's trash. <laughs> have you talked about this before? Like, the numbers <laughs> support this. I've been saying this. he's Ryan Anderson. He's worse. I think he's worse. Now I he's think worse. he is... A poor NBA, like, eight-man. Um, I follow all these, like, math accounts for basketball on Twitter, and you just, like, look at the net rating with him on and off. And when Paul George and Russell Westbrook play without him, they're actually a really good team. Yet when he's on the court, they suck. Um, so, I don't know. I love the Jazz. I think the Jazz are my favorite team besides the Celtics. I was big on Donovan Mitchell going into the year. He's been phenomenal. Um, he's been a monster. I think he probably should have been rookie of the year. Well, no, I don't. I think Simmons deserves it, but it's just unfortunate that Donovan Mitchell's Mitchell better than like the last four. Yeah, years. so it's kind of just unfortunate the way it yeah. turned out. Um, but I think I think the Jazz are going to win this series. I actually predicted that from the beginning. The, I hate the Thunder. I used to love the Thunder. I used to love Russell Westbrook, but it's just hard to watch. It's been a bad brand of basketball. Yeah, it's just it's just disgusting the way they play the game. And I, I used to love the way Paul George played too. And I don't like what he does on this team. It's just like a lot of bumping, and Russell Westbrook shoots like 25% every night. He obviously went off for whatever, 45 points last game. And unless he does that two more times, I think the Jazz will win. And my main take about this series is Quinn Snyder is a top five coach in the league. I think he is, I think him and Brad have been the two best coaches all year. Quinn Snyder, like they play beautiful basketball. Like when I'm at the Plex playing basketball, which is where we play at BC, and we throw like six passes, instead of playing that Spurs ball, I say that's Utah Jazz ball. Yeah. They're they're the modern day Spurs the way they play, a lot of beautiful passing, great defense, and it all goes through Donovan Mitchell who like is one of my favorite guys to watch. So I'm really pulling for them to win. Um, I don't know who who would they play next round. They would get um, not the they Warriors. Get the Rockets next round. Right, and I think they can make it competitive with the Rockets. So my thoughts on this series right now. I, at the beginning of the year, I had the Jazz under because I was like, look, they're gonna roll out a Rubio, Favors, Gobert starting lineup. None of those guys can shoot. Right. They have no one on their team who I think is going to average over 15 points a game because I figured Mitchell would play, like, 20 minutes off the bench. And I had no idea how good he was. So I took the under. I was like, there might be a top-five defense, and it won't matter. Um, And basically, Mitchell is their 20, 25-point-per-game guy. Um, And the offense is – there's such nice spacing and movement. They can play two big guys and still get efficient offense. Um, and it helps that Rubio's developed a little bit of a three-point shot. Ingles is cash, and Favors can step out like 20 feet and hit a shot. Um, so they, they've looked really good all year. I had them in this series because I felt that the best way to stop Westbrook is to have an elite rim protector because Westbrook is not someone who can score efficiently from anywhere on the court except the lane. 
And Gobert just erases the lane. So it's like a really shitty matchup for the Thunder. <laughs> and I was really licking my chops. We bet the Jazz in the series, me and Nick. Going into Game 5, I thought it was over after watching Game 4. We bet again on the Game 5 money line. And the Jazz go up 25. I feel like I'm smart as fuck. And then, like, three things happen. They just start giving Gobert fouls. Like, the fourth foul, if you watch the replay, he does not make contact with a single person. He yep. just stands there, contests out, does not touch anyone, turns to the rebound, gets a foul. He sits. Mello sits with either four fouls or because he's shitty. I can't remember. <laughs> and, and then the Thunder just immediately start going on a huge run. Favors picks up some fouls because he can't stop the rim runs from Westbrook like other people can. Now that Westbrook can get to the rim, his mid-range shot is wide open. And the Thunder just completely erased that deficit. And yeah, it was an awesome comeback, but it's no accident that Gobert was out and Melo was out when that happened. Yeah, and it's just Billy Donovan almost got lucky. Like he, I mean, I, I just don't know how they can keep rolling Melo out there. Melo needs to play He's 12 minutes. so bad. Six. He needs to play 12 minutes. Um, and also, like, looking ahead, once the Jazz win, which it'll, it'll either be one of the next two games they're going to win, and then I think Paul George is gone, and I think Melo's gone, and I think the Thunder just need to blow well, everything up. Here's the up. thing with Melo, though. Ugh. Their team sucks. Melo has a player option for next year. And with how bad he's looked, I don't think you could find a single team in the league that would pay him $28 million. Oh, definitely not that much. Is so that, he, like, how much his option's for? So yeah, we can just, okay. I think he's just going to opt in and stick around and clog that team up. Paul George would be insane to stay. <laughs> so, like, I dude, don't... It's, Melo, Russell signed that $200 million deal. It's like, congrats, dude. Yeah. I'm sure that was a little fuck you to Durant, but if you're going to be in Oklahoma City with... Not a great roster for the next five years. You never want to be a guy who, right when they get the ball, you're 100% sure they're going to shoot, and that's what Melo is every time. No matter what the shot clock says, when he gets the ball, he's he just wants to shoot, and he does, and his, he just can't make baskets anymore. Like, his mid-range isn't what it used to be. They're isolating him on defense. Like, he's their, the people that, the guy that Jazz are going after on defense, and on offense, he's missing shots and not passing. He I don't know really, what he's He can't doing. really move anymore. It's like, you know when Dirk runs? It's like these guys, they can't yeah. move right anymore. <laughs> I think Melanie's lose like 25 pounds. Yeah, I mean, that dude's career is just really sad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's... Jazz. Let's jazz, talk, jazz are uh, winning. Let's go. Let's talk... Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think with the Thunder, if Billy D pulls Melo 12 minutes and they get huge <laughs> Westbrook and George games and they can survive Game 6, they could win Game 7. I think it's going to be really tough for them to win Game 6 in Utah. I just think if unless Russell does two more forty point games, then they're gonna lose. Yeah. Um, let's um let's look uh actually let's talk Cavs Pacers and then look ahead in the East. Cool. So Cavs Pacers, this has been a really fun series. Both this series and the Celtics Bucks series, I thought were gonna be boring. I was like, LeBron and the Cavs are gonna roll, the Pacers aren't gonna be that good in the playoffs, which was a horrible take. And then I was like, <laughs> the Celtics and Bucks is gonna be a rock fight, but it's been a really intriguing rock fight. Basically, the Cavs suck, and LeBron is a fucking god, and the yep. Pacers are playing really fucking hard, and Oladipo just can't at all go punch for punch for LeBron. with LeBron. That's the only reason this is Cavs 3-2. So my, my overall take for the entire playoffs is that a lot of these matchups, and why this playoffs is so great, is great coaching against great talent. So the Celtics have great coaching, the Bucks have talent, the Cavs have great talent. The Pacers have great coaching. Have Same thing with the Jazz coaching. and Thunder. Like, Millen's been awesome. Yeah, so Thunder, talent, Jazz, coaching. So it's awesome. Like, And we're going to find out which matters more <laughs> with all these yeah, series really Brand soon. versus Braun. Um, in this one, I mean, I love the I feel like the Pacers fucked up. Like, they had chances to put this series away, um, and they just didn't. Obviously, you know, well, we should talk about that last game. LeBron, there was a lot of questionable calls at the end. Like, LeBron got the ball smacked out of his hand. And it, it should have been Cavs' ball because it bounced yeah. on the line. But then on the other end, I guess it all evened out because on the other end, LeBron goaltended, even though it was a sick block. So I guess that evens out. I don't know. That's a tough one to miss for the refs. It's, I mean, it, both of those calls were so tight. And the fact that one went each way, I don't feel bad about it at all. And the goaltending isn't even reviewable, and the out-of-bounds was. So I, even even more so, it evens out. Anyway, it was cool to see re- LeBron like reestablish his greatness. Um, a lot of people still questioning the Cavs, rightly, but... That three was fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron is the GOAT. Um, and, like, I guess one of the huge stains in his career is a lot of people don't really feel like he's clutch, so it's cool to see him get another thing on his resume. I like, think ever since he melted down against the Mavs, he's been the most clutch player in the league. Yeah? Yeah. 
Um, I mean, he has the three so. games against Golden State are hella clutch. That still my favorite LeBron game ever was when he assassinated the Celtics' big three. It <laughs> in was, like 2011? Yeah, it was 2012. <clears throat> so it was the year after he melted down in Dallas. Celtics go up 3-2. It's that Rondo, KG, Pierce team. Mm-hmm. Ray Allen's still there. And they're going back to Boston for game six, up 3-2 <clears throat> against the Cav, or against the Heat. And, like, the Celtics think, like, they've broken him, kind of. And LeBron just basically takes a giant shit on the Celtics. Like, the crowd was quiet in four minutes. LeBron mm-hmm. was just scoring every time he touched the ball, hitting shots over people. He was hitting, like, turnaround fadeaway 20-footers. They weren't even good shots. He just yeah. went off. And he scored, like, 40 points in three quarters, and it was a blowout. That's He literally broke the big three. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll never forget that game. He, when his shot is on, he's unstoppable. He's already unstoppable. When his yeah, shot's on, it's, it's like, otherworldly. Um, and his shot's been on all series. So uh, the bottom line on this series is the Pacers are way better coached. They're way more fun to watch, in my opinion. Um, they play better basketball. The only difference, the only advantage that Cleveland has is LeBron. Everyone kind of foresaw this going in. So I think the Cavs are going to win it. I think seven. I don't know. The Pacers, I love Oladipo. I think he's like probably the 10th best guy in the league. He's been crazy to watch. He's it's tough awesome. because he went he's like two for 20. For yeah. He went like two for 20 last game, which was really tough. But I don't know, man. He, he, wasn't, he has been bad in all these games. He's really hard to stop. Like, I don't think Cleveland really has anyone that can stop him. Do you know, I didn't even watch the last game. Do you know who was on him? Was it LeBron? I think it was JR. Okay, so, I mean, JR has flashes on defense, but... I I think the thing with Oladipo that's awesome is similar to Paul George. Even if he's throwing up a 2 for 13, he's still such an awesome defender, rebounds, passes well. Like, you're getting a positive impact from him, even though he's shooting terribly. Whereas someone like like Harden or Westbrook goes 2 for 13, like, that's a trash game. Um... (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think the biggest thing I fixate on when I watch these games is just how incredibly shitty the Cavs supporting cast is. I love, I don't know if it's his thumb, I don't know what it is. He's never been that good on the Cavs. It just, I, it's depressing to see him play this poorly. Um, LeBron's basically out there 44 minutes, setting the table for everyone. Uh, and then it's basically a bunch of old guys who can kind of make threes and. Yeah undersized centers who can rim run, and that's just kind of it. I mean, Calderon closed for them. That dude's 40. He was he could have been on any roster. Like, it's just a joke. I think LeBron is insane to stay after this year in Cleveland. I said that in the yeah, last podcast. Yeah, he's got to get out. But good God, is this team a tire fire. Can I give you a quick hot take on where LeBron might go? Where? New Orleans. You think New Orleans? That's what uh, I think Simmons said that on podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, I haven't even heard that, but I do listen to it. Um, I love that idea, though. Like, wh- what's a better, attra- more attractive option for him right now? Play with Drew and Boogie and AD. Boogie might leave. We'll see. But I don't see anywhere else that's better for him. The the LeBron AD combo would be really fun. <laughs> AD has been the best player in the league besides LeBron. I think maybe this entire year he's been I, crazy. What AD is doing on both ends to me puts him in a. It's tough to compare him. It's like apples to oranges with LeBron because LeBron is DHing a lot. Like LeBron's kind of doing some more similar to Harden at this point, where he's like offensive juggernaut, defense like just kind Stopper. of survive. Like if you're gonna play 44 minutes and run the whole offense the entire time, you can't go ham on defense. But yeah, what Davis is doing is playing 40 minutes, dropping like 35 and eight in a game, and being the defensive anchor. <laughs> it's insane. So the last thing I want to say about LeBron is the immense burden that this team puts on him every game. It's just... He played 46 minutes in Game 4, which so he was on the bench for two minutes the entire game. <laughs> the fact that Ty Lue can, in good conscience, can sleep at night when he's putting a 33-year-old guy out there for 46 minutes and asking him to play great defense and run the entire offense, I don't know. But, I mean, again, LeBron just... Doing stuff, no, he, he does stuff no other NBA player has ever done. Like every night, it feels like yeah. he's setting some new record, or with like his field goal percentage, doing something different every single night. And the thing about that minute total is, it's not even like, like two years ago or last year, if he'd gone forty six minutes, he can still buy like okay, like for these three minutes, like I'm gonna just catch my breath, and they're still gonna guard me really hard. But Kyrie's just gonna go ISO. I'm just gonna stand over here. Literally, like no one on the Cavs team can dribble past someone. Except LeBron. So it's he has to be involved on every offensive possession. It's so tiring. Yeah, I can't think of another Cleveland player who's played well this series. I, I like I don't think anyone else is playing well besides <coughs> LeBron. Tristan no. Thompson's wearing a track suit all series. 
Um, what's his name? What's the tall guy they got from the Lakers? He's been okay. Nance. Yeah, Nance is always fine. I mean, he's good fine. at what he is. You know what I mean? Hood. Hood's bad. Uh, Calderon's trash. Loves loves pretty much trash. <laughs> ah, it's just tough. Dude. It's so. Bad. It's just like when you're watching it, I feel bad for LeBron because it's just such a burden on him. And yet to go to take this the next step, who do you have coming out of the East? Let's assume the Cavs get through, and the Celtics get through. Because I don't. If the Bucks or Pacers get through, I don't think they'll dude, make noise. So I said this on my radio show on Monday. So if it's Celtics, Seventy Sixers. Raptors, Cavs. Yeah, I almost give every team a twenty five percent chance at that it's, point. It's such a crapshoot. Yeah, I, I have no idea. There's so many. It's like even to give a take. Like there's so many things that can change, and so many things we don't know yet. I guess I'd pick LeBron over the Raptors in seven, but I'm not confident. And I think Boston, Philly goes seven, and I have no fucking idea. I guess I'll pick the Celtics. This is where I'm at, and this is why I said last pod, but like it's worth mentioning again. I. If either the Pelicans or the Jazz, not not only the Warriors, Rockets, if the Pelicans, Jazz, OKC were in the East, I'd pick them to go through. OKC, yeah, oh, that's how never flawed these OKC. teams are. I, I think it's just, I think they're just all these East teams are just so monumentally flawed. Every team's flawed. I said the same thing. They're so they have such huge holes. I, I, I just keep I keep coming back to the uh, picking the Cavs because as shitty as they are and as bad as Tyron Lue is. Just, like, do or die, if I don't have faith in either team, I'll take LeBron. Yeah. And I, that's just the lot. That's the only place I can fall back to. That's the only thing I understand in the Eastern Conference is his greatness. But think about how much trouble they've had with the Pacers. Everything the Pacers are good at, the fucking Raptors are better at. Like, yeah, bench. Absolutely. I think they're better coach. Like, absolutely. Oladipo turns into DeRozan, and they don't have a Kyle Lowry. So, like, I don't know, man. That's going to be so hard for LeBron. He's already playing 46 minutes a night. And barely winning. He has to hit a buzzer beater to win the fucking game after playing 46 minutes. So, I mean, it'll just have to be, again, a crazy series for him over the Raptors. Celtics, Philly. I think there's a world in which Philly just, like, dominates the whole way through. Yeah. Um, I'm not, like, confident in that at all. But they, they really look unstoppable. But they haven't they haven't played good teams. Like, I, I think, what are they, like, 24 of their last 25 they've won? Because they went on yeah, a huge streak. Yeah, but um, they, they, they basically destroyed, like, the dregs of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and, and the Heat, the Heat are fine, but they're they're not that good. Like, they, they haven't, they didn't play anyone good. They play good. hard, but they're not good. So, next, and if they play the Bucks, I think they'll walk over them. So, there's a chance they don't really play anyone good for, like, three months, and then they have to play the Cavs or the Raptors. Um, but, yeah, 76ers, Celtics is... Yeah, I'm looking excited for that series. If it happens, let's hope, man. So there's a chance. There's a chance that the Sixers hold the Celtics to 75 points a game in the series, and then it'd be really sad to watch. You think they're better defensively than the Bucks? I think the Sixers are a very good defensive team with Embiid in there. Yeah, Embiid and Simmons is a great defender, and Covington's good. Simmons is an excellent defender. Covington's an excellent defender. Reddick's like whatever. He can guard, you know someone in the corner <laughs> and then you know they run out Ilyasova maybe maybe it's LNL. you know it could be anyone but um dude I'm pissed they're not getting false minutes right now I think they just I think they decided that McConnell's a better playoff option I'd probably rather have McConnell in there but I loved watching faults in the last couple of games this season like he was my rookie of the year going into the season so that was honestly <laughs> one of my worst takes ever I said him or Donovan Mitchell so I want a little credit for that but you know, he he does do stuff out there that no one else on his team can do. And I thought he played really well when he came back. He's an NBA player without a jump shot. If he never can shoot beyond 16 feet, he's still an NBA player. And if That's, he gets a jump shot, he's going to be really fucking yeah. good. I mean, that was him in college. He was hitting shots off the dribble all the time. Yeah. Um, and just whatever reason, we don't have enough time on this yeah. podcast to go into that. But um, Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I would like to see him as like a fan. At the same time, if I'm the Celtics... A series I'm not favored in. If Fultz is out there, I'm immediately either playing 30 feet off him or fouling him intentionally to make him shoot free throws. Like, I'm going to try and squeeze wherever I think I can hurt the Sixers and their mentally unstable rookie. Yeah. I'm 100% <laughs> fouling. Yeah, I think, like, I think right, Rozier could lock him down. Yeah. I, I think we match up. I think we match up well against 76ers. I, I just think like we have guys that can shut down their best players. Yeah, I think and what a you lot do of teams is don't. You stick smart on Simmons and you I would honestly go small because I think the only way you can score on them is get to them have beat get him beat out of the paint. <laughs> so like have Horford setting high screens for Terry Rozier or some shit and just be like constant slash and kick stuff. Get him beat out of the paint. 
Um, Simmons would have no one to guard. Like, he can go guard Tatum, but then, you know, Brown can just initiate or Rozier. So I think that's what I'd do. And then defensively, you live with Embiid posting up Horford. You stick smart on Simmons and stay close to shooters as best you can. Yeah, I mean, I love when Brad is, like, a very experimental guy. Like, he'll throw – he'll just switch lineups really fast. Like, last game, four minutes into the game – no, two minutes into the game, he called timeout and made a substitution. Um, like, he, he'll throw Monroe in there, even though he threw Monroe in there twice last night. Monroe was awful. But he does, like, try out a bunch of different stuff, so he'll find the right combination. But, God, I just hope we get there. Like, I'm I'm pretty worried about tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, I've... So, I I guess I had the Cavs coming out of the East, but I have no fucking clue. Who did you say you had? Um, You said it was literally 25%. I mean, it's literally 25 I Okay, I, maybe I don't think the Raptors can do it. Um... I'd say I'd say I guess seventy sixers I have coming out. It's gonna be fun though. Like it's a complete crapshoot. It's um, like the winner of Celtic seventy sixers is coming out. Yeah. Uh, so then Western Conference, we talk Jazz Thunder. So we you think the Jazz are going through for sure? I think the Thunder have a chance, but um, it sets up an interesting thing where we're gonna have either Rockets Jazz or Rockets Thunder in the next round, and. I mean, I think we can both agree the Warriors probably roll the Pelicans. Um, I think Pelicans will get a game. They can get a game. They can get two games. An, I a just big think... AD game. But Draymond, let's I... not sleep on how good Draymond is on defense. He can he can do things to AD that no one else can. Yeah, and the thing about Draymond is he's not, and this is going to be what I want to talk about the Jazz, I'd still rather have Draymond than Gobert because Gobert, when you put him up top in a high screen, is not fleet-footed. Like, he can be exposed trying to cover a high screen. Draymond cannot. So if they're just going to run Anthony Davis off high screens all day, Draymond can switch that. Yeah. Um, which is a huge advantage. And I think AD could just blow past Gobert, and, and he can't do that with Draymond. Yeah. Um, so anyway, with... Yeah, I mean, I think... I just think once Curry comes back, the Warriors are untouchable. Um, I do too. And he'll come back if the series is in question. Yeah. Uh, but with Rockets, I was on the record saying that I thought OKC would give the Rockets a more competitive series than the Jazz. And I still feel that way. As much as I love the Jazz, I think that the Rockets will just... This is what Dan Tony salivates at. If the Rock, if the Jazz come out there with Favors and Gobert or just Gobert, he'll just put that guy in a high screen with James Harden <laughs> the entire game. It's, it's hard to think of a way that Gobert plays well in that series. But I still think this is good. This is like the first thing we've like kind of disagreed on. I think yeah. the Jazz. I'm really high on the Jazz. I think they can give the Rockets problems, dude. OKC sucks. <laughs> I don't think they have a ch- like. They're just so talented. And Russ has done really well covering James Harden. Um, and I think Paul George could be good on James Harden. So they have like guys that can stop him. I don't really know who would cover him if the Jazz played them. I think you'd throw. If it was OKC, throw Donovan? You'd, throw, you'd throw Paul George on Harden, 100%. Oh, no, but like I'm talking about if it's the Jazz, who would cover oh. Harden? Yeah, that's so that's another question. I think they'd probably do Donovan Mitchell. Some They'd probably rotate a lot. Some Donovan Mitchell, some Ingles, Crowder would get a chance. I'd say Crowder. Ingles, would get a chance. I wouldn't even give Ingles a chance. Ingles is like Ingles a really is a superhero, defender. though. He's been like, like <laughs> this is kind of his MO, is like the dude has no athleticism whatsoever. Yep. And he's just kind of like smart and has great positioning. And it's, like, really annoying. Like, he clearly got Paul George off his game in Game 4. That was um, so funny when he would make shots and then stare at Paul yeah, George. They were tr- <laughs> Joe Ingles was so unintimidated by Paul George. I love Joe Ingles. He clearly just thinks Paul George is a little bitch. And it's just, like, I'm going to push his buttons. And yeah. he's going to be really frustrated Dude, that the, a 6'9 white guy is The Jazz running. have so many interesting pieces. Ingles is very unique. Gobert, there's no one like Gobert in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell's unique. The, that blend of athleticism and shooting. Rubio? Um... Rubio, who the, like who, there aren't many comparisons besides no. like Rondo, I think yeah. for Rubio, guys who it's just can Spanish pass Rondo. really well, and <laughs> if they're sh- if they can shoot, they're gonna score like thirty points with Rubio and Rondo. If not, say, they can still pass. We should also say that Rondo has been so much fun to watch this playoffs. Clairvoyant, <laughs> he's dude, he's he has always been one of my favorite players to watch in the playoffs or just in general. Well, I don't like watching him when he mails in games, but like when Rondo's <laughs> so trying, he's so much. Yeah, so playoffs. <laughs> But when he's trying, he's just there's no one like him. Um, yeah, the passes he throws, like he had one. It was like he he went under the basket basically, 
and like took two steps past after he had already circled in the basket like up toward the three point line, and then threw like a behind the back pass where his like seven six arm reached all the way back to the baseline <laughs> and threw it. And he didn't look at AD once, and it hit AD right in the chest. Yep. I know that's so impressive. I know that pass well. That was awesome. Um, so Jazz. Anyway, so you, yeah. OKC Rockets. You got that going. Like so, six yeah. or seven or what? I, so OKC Rockets. I just think would be tight. I, I think. I think. It's the exact opposite how I feel about the Jazz series, where if Russ just sees Capella, who's a great defender, but I don't think of as a great rim protector. Um, I think he's more fleet-footed than anything. I think that's just a great chance for Russ to go berserk. Um, plus, as great as Chris Paul is, and I'll defend Chris Paul on most things, where he struggles is with really great athletes. Chris Paul is 5'10 and missing a meniscus in one knee. He just can't hang with someone like Westbrook. But, dude, Donovan Mitchell is almost as athletic. That's true, but I think Mitchell... He's obviously not Russ. Paul would cover Rubio. Harden would cover either Ingles or whatever threes out there, and they'd stick Ariza on Mitchell. Yeah. And I just kind of like the way that cross matches. I don't know. I just think... Uh, I think there's... What advantage do you see that... The, like, what advantage do the Thunder have in any regard against the Rockets? In any regard. Like, do you think they're better defensively, offensively? I think on the shooting. right night, Westbrook and George can out-hero Ball, Harden, and Paul. Really? Yeah, and plus, like, if you play the way the Rockets do, where it's so reliant on one-on-one play, and you just do something where, like, I don't know, you roll out, like, I guess they would just still pick on Adams, but, I don't know, I just think Paul George is a great guy to have in that series, to throw it hard, and yeah. you live with Paul doing what Paul's going to do, and on the other end, you just hope that whoever of... Uh, Westbrook and George has the favorable matchup just balls yeah. out. Can I say, can I go on a little tangent about the Rockets and why I hate them? Yeah, yeah, get it. So <laughs> I, it's weird because I remember I, you brought me on before the season started and we both talked about how much we loved the Rockets. I was so high on them because the, the debate then was who's going to be better, OKC or Rockets? And we were yeah. both like Rockets. So like, we were right Rockets about that. Um, yeah, we both said that. Now everyone else, it seems like, has just taken the Rockets and thinks they're like God's gift. Like they think the Rockets are going to beat the Warriors. Which is ridiculous. So now I'm like, oh, tides have turned. Now I'm going to be anti-Rockets because it seems like everyone else has gotten so high on them. So anyway, they're a good team. They're a great team. They, they play – no one really plays like them. Um, what I hate about them, I really hate to watch them. I think OKC, Rockets would be so much talent on the court, so hard to watch because both teams play us so Yeah, well. it'd be really frustrating to watch. I just – I hate ro- watching the Rockets. They were the best team in the NBA season all year. Whenever I saw them on national TV, I, I would be pissed off. They All they do is they run. It's like the most simple offense. Like, D'Antoni isn't a good coach. All they, they do something very simple, and the only reason it works is because of Harden. There's yeah. never been an offensive player in NBA history like James Harden. There's never been anyone who can score in isolation like James Harden. They just set him a pick at the top of the at freaking half court sometimes. Yeah, he just gets a high screen. He throws it to someone and they shoot. They pass less than any other team in the league. They get fewer assists than any other team in the league. And the most ridiculous stat from the entire NBA season, which I'm sure you've seen, is that James Harden has more points in isolation than any other NBA team. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Like, think about how much isolation Harden has to play to outscore the entire team of, like, the Thunder, for example, who all they do is play iso ball. I mean, they basically decided that if you run a Harden high screen with all shooters besides the screener, no one can help off the shooters or Harden will whip it to that guy and they'll shoot a three. Yeah. And if you don't help off the screener, if no one helps, Harden can just get to the rim. And if you just switch the screen, then Harden will just cook the big man. And so most guys are like, fuck it. We don't want to give them wide-open threes. You know, we don't want to give Harden a free way to the basket. We'll switch the screen. So he just does yeah. ISO 40 times a game. And it just feels like it shouldn't work. Like, they, they don't even get good shots, but their shots go in. I can't tell you the number of times where I've been watching the Rockets and Harden has five seconds on the shot clock and does his little step back. Yeah. Any other team in the league, that is a horrible NBA possession. But he's it's so not going to go in. Like, they have possessions where Harden walks the ball on the court, dribbles through his legs for 20 seconds, and then with .5 seconds on the shot clock, lobs up a contested three, any other team, you're, like, pulling that player out of the game because it's such a bad possession, but it works for the Rockets. And my biggest fear is that, like, other NBA teams 
see like how the math is working and how the Rockets team is so good, and they start playing like the Rockets do. That's like a huge because I don't like the I don't like watching that. The Warriors have managed to make shooting a lot of threes really exciting. They play great team basketball. Well, they set the least high screens of anyone. They said really? They yeah they they always are last in the league in like pick and rolls run. Because I feel like Clay's always coming like up around screens. And oh, they stuff. set a ton of screens. I'm just saying like on ball. Oh, oh high for the guy bringing the ball yeah, up. Basically, they don't do that. So it's, it's like the opposite of the Rockets. Yeah. Basically, it's all off ball stuff. Yeah. So I mean, this is what Kevin O'Connor said, who's my guy at the Ringer. He's like, they trust the math. The Rockets do. Yeah. They know that they need to shoot like 60 percent three pointers, and even if all of their shots are missing. They're going to keep shooting three-pointers. Like, they really trust their system, and a lot of the time it works. I guess it's worked all year. I think they're going to get a great series from the Jazz, and if they beat the Jazz, they're going to get rolled by the, the Warriors. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing with the Rockets is tempo. Like, I, I agree with you. When they're going slow in the half court, and it's just, like, clear that Harden's going to go ISO, or Chris Paul's going to go ISO, like... I'm one of the bigger Harden fans and defenders out there. I love his game. I also love Chris Paul's game. I think they're just brilliant. Even I don't want to watch them go ISO <laughs> the entire game. That shit's boring. And it's really frustrating when they play slow. And they play worse when they play slow. Um, this is Haralabob's point that they're way better when they play fast. But when they play fast and they're, like, sprinting up court and winging it to open shooters, that's when, like, the awesome passing of Harden and Chris Paul is more on display that's, that's how you get when, a 50-point quarter right yeah, there. Yeah, that's when I, like, really love watching them, is when they're, like, when Harden is actually moving his ass up court, when Paul's moving his ass up court, and they're, you know, maybe there's some flare screen stuff, you know, with the other guys, but it's, everything's just more dynamic in the open court, and that's just what I what I want to watch when I want to watch basketball. I want to watch it's the like great back players and forth. in space. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, I don't so. want, for a second, people, like, people to think that I don't love Chris Paul, because I do. I think my favorite time to watch the Rockets is when Harden's on the bench and Chris Paul's out there doing his thing. Like, when he just gets in, like, deep in the pains, he's kind of, like, brilliant. dancing yeah. around and, like, bringing bigs back with him and then firing it under the hoop. Stuff like that, dude. Chris Paul is, he's, he's like, a really fun dude to watch. He's pretty unathletic at this point in his career, and the fact that he's still so efficient just means he's so skilled and so brilliant. Because um, that dude is 5'10". Yeah. That dude is tiny. He's always yeah. He's always found a way to like make the height a non-factor. Yeah. Wait, he's five ten. So Isaiah Thomas is five nine. He lists Chris Paul lists at six feet. I would bet he's five ten. Yeah. Isaiah lists at five nine. I think that dude's like five seven. Okay, I was gonna say because Chris Paul is definitely like a few inches taller yeah. than, than. I think Isaiah. all these guys lie about their height. Um, the one thing I want to mention though, with Rockets Jazz and what I think the Jazz's biggest advantage would be is if teams are going to go undersized, and that's what the Rockets love to do, um, that's what the Thunder have done to some extent in the series, and you're going to go big, where you're going to throw out like a Gobert favors line, you have to capitalize on your rebounding advantage, and you've got to crash the offensive glass. A lot of teams are just like, fuck it, I want to get back on defense, and they don't offensive rebound. If you're going to play the bit as the bigger team, you have to offensive rebound. Yeah. You've got to punish them for not caring about that, because that's a great way to, like, if you think about it, an offensive rebound is the same as getting, going back on defense and getting a stop if you just get another offensive possession. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to, like, getting a ton of offensive rebounds is huge. And if the Jazz just come in, they're like, fuck you, Capella, we're going to get, we're going to rebound, like, half our misses. They can absolutely win that series. I don't think you can put Gobert and Favors out there ever against the Rockets. That's the thing. <laughs> they just, like, maybe Favors can go stand next to P.J. Tucker on defense. Mm. And then on offense, just, like, crash glass, but... Yeah, I think Ingles is your four and Crowder's your, your three. You should roll with those two. I dude, And I, I'd keep Gobert out there. I mean, dude, Harden... If you keep Harden from getting to the rim and you just make him... Like, Gobert... Gobert can just take away everything at the rim, so I think you keep him out there, but... I don't know. There's no great way to defend them. No one's figured out how to defend them all year, basically. I, the only I guy think, that can defend Harden is Marcus Smart, mind you. Um, I think what you do with the Rockets, and this is why I think the Warriors roll them, is you just, you have someone who can switch the screen. So if you stick, like, Iggy on Harden, or Durant on Harden, and you put Draymond Green on Capella, and you just switch the high screen, Durant can go stick Capella. Durant's taller than Capella. Yeah. (laughs) And Draymond can absolutely cover Harden. I think that just suffocates their team. A little bit. And I'd put Clay, I mean, I'd put Clay on uh, Harden. Yeah, you put Clay. The, Clay's totally down to... But it's that lineup that's... It's like the lineup of death that they beat the Cavs with when Draymond's at the five, and now you have KD at the four. Like, 
You're not going to beat that. I, I can't believe so many people are picking the Rockets right now. It's actually yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Especially with, like, D'Antoni's complete inability to, like, manage a playoff series. Like, that dude, if you, like, paid attention to the NBA before, like, he went to the Knicks, that dude just frittered away playoff series after playoff series by playing the wrong yeah. guys at the wrong times. I think James Harden has convinced a lot of people that D'Antoni's a good coach, when in reality, it's just the brilliance of James Harden that has gotten them this far. And... Ah, the Warriors, man, the, we, people forget that they're the best team ever. <laughs> yeah. They're the greatest team that's ever played basketball together. Um, the only reason they're the two seed is because they didn't give a fuck all year. But now they do, and I think they beat the Rockets in, like, five games. Yeah. I mean, I think with Steph, they went 40-10, and 10, so they're still just, like, winning as well as they are. Yeah. And as great as Kevin Durant is, Steph is the most important player to that team. They kind of lose a lot of what they are offensively without him. Um, and I think with Steph, it's just not going to be close. Dude, I mean, Steve Kerr says that himself. They're like, who's your most important player? He says Steph every time. Yeah. KD, obviously, like... I mean, I, they, they're right the on second it. best player in the KD league. KD is and, better at basketball than Steph, but Steph is more important to yeah, the team. Yeah, 100%. Like, the way, the way that Steph, like, runs the offense and moves, just, like, makes everyone move out and take, like, the paint and everything. Yeah. The East is a fucking disaster, and... The West, it's going to be the Warriors, assuming Steph is even 85%. Like, even if Steph's where he was in 2016 when he came back off the knee thing, that should be enough for them to roll. Um, and, yeah, I, you know, the Rockets, they kind of have one great thing going for them with that Harden will cook anyone who's ill-equipped to switch onto him, and I think the Warriors can switch people onto him, and it's just not really going to be fair. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of in agreement there. Um Anything whoever whoever hit? comes out of the East is going to get decimated by the Warriors. Yeah. Um, the Cavs will lose in four. 76ers will probably lose in five. Oh, one thing I want to talk about. I think if we get Sixers-Cavs in the Eastern Finals, which is probably one of the more likely outcomes, Yeah. I'm really, really excited to see Ben Simmons stick LeBron James. <laughs> I can't think of a better player to guard LeBron. Because even Kevin Durant is, like, kind of too thin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like, LeBron can, like, there. bully him under the basket, even though Durant has a ton of inches on him. Simmons is a big-ass dude, and he's young. Like, he's not going to get tired. He's not going to get hit too much by LeBron. Like, that's one of those matchups where, I, you know, I would just love to see what Simmons has in that. I think that's, like, the most intriguing NBA matchup right now. Like, LeBron versus Simmons, because Simmons is the next LeBron in a lot yeah. of ways. The way guys bounce off Simmons is LeBron-esque. Yeah. You can't really say that about anyone else in the league since I LeBron. think they're two of the only guys that are built like that that can run that fast and pass that well. Yeah. It's just like a very unique blend. And Simmons is taller. He's like even better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Simmons. LeBron had, you know, a way more polished Simmons, man. skill game. Simmons. Ooh, ready? You want me to throw a question at you? He has some, like, lobs. Yeah, him and his stuff. So if you had to start an NBA franchise right now, is Simmons your guy you're rolling with? I get. Or I can Jonas. pick one player no matter what. Yeah, one guy or like AD's an option. I think. Well, do I have to pick a young guy? My problem with these questions is I'd always yeah. You take... start a franchise. You take LeBron. Why so... wouldn't I take KD? I wouldn't. I mean, KD's twenty nine, thirty. What so is I'd it? only get is it like I'd only get four more years. You'd only of KD? get yeah. So like it would be a young. You'd probably. I mean, like you take Giannis or Ben Simmons take, or Donovan um, Mitchell maybe, but probably. Not. I would take Davis because he's like twenty five. He's. I think. I just, with these questions, I always gravitate to who's already great. Like, someone would have said Towns two years ago, and it's like, great, you have an incredibly flawed player. <laughs> I'll take the guy who's already arguably one of the best players in the league. Um, if we're restricting it to someone who's not hella great yet, I'd rather have Simmons than Antetokounmpo. I'd rather have him than Embiid. I'd rather have him than Donovan Mitchell. I'd rather have him than basically anyone who's not AD. Him or Durant's a good question. I'd probably still take Durant because Durant's already great. That's interesting. I mean, I'd, I'd take Jonas or, or Simmons. I'd take Jonas, dude. Jonas is ridiculous. My one thing with Jonas is, like, Simmons is already a brilliant basketball mind. I would not say that about Jonas. Yeah, you can't pass like him, but... He's just, man, like, the he's way just he... such an ungodly, like, athlete that it just makes... It works for him, but... Like, he's never had to, like, deal with another great player on his team. You know what I mean? Like, Simmons totally figured out how to play with Embiid in, like, three weeks. That's true. I don't know if Giannis could do that. They basically, he just, like, throws the ball at Chris Middleton, hangs out, and Middleton goes one-on-one. Like, I don't know how Giannis would fit with 
I mean, someone like Paul George or KD fit with anyone, but how would Giannis fit with... No one fits with Russell Westbrook. How would Giannis fit with um, AD? How would Giannis fit with Damian Lillard? The good thing about Giannis is he's not like the primary ball handler, and a lot of superstars are. So yeah. I think that would work. He's like the best role man in the NBA right now. Yeah, like he he doesn't need the ball that much. When he gets it, you know, he's going to drive and find guys. Like that's when he's at his best, when he's driving and drawing double teams and passing. And in transition, he's unstoppable. Every time he gets the ball in transition... It's either a foul or you know he's going to score, so it's always scary. Yeah. Um, you can go with Giannis? I'm going Giannis. All right, but the other thing I want to ask you about is, so I'm obviously a huge Celtics fan. We've got a lot of questions that are going to be answered this offseason. We're going to have to pick between Rozier and Smart, most likely. I mean, I don't think there's any world in which we keep both, but that would be awesome. Um, so I want to hear what you think about that. And then the other big storyline has been Kawhi. No one knows what the hell's going on with Kawhi. I'm of the opinion that he's gone. I don't. It's like why else would he sit when his when all the medical teams except for his own declared him ready to play? I think he sees the writing on the wall with the Spurs being bad, and he's ready to get out of there. So, in that case, if Kawhi were like on the trading block, would you trade Brown, Jalen Brown, or Jason Tatum for him? Um, so one thing with Kawhi first, it reminds me a lot of Derrick Rose's situation after the first ACL tear where they were, like, 13 months out. The Bulls had, like, gutted out a good regular season without him. were, like, trying to ball out. And um, he was medically cleared by the team and didn't feel ready to play. And, like, the team kept leaking that he was medically cleared to play to, like, force him to play. And he just was like, no, like, I don't feel it. And it's not like that worked, right? Like, Rose sat the whole year and came back and, like, hurt himself and then came back and hurt himself. So it's not like that helped. But I just think athletes, it can happen where they're, like, they know their bodies, and they're like, I don't feel good. And Kawhi's quad thing is so weird. Like, you think, like, a quad, like, what do you just do? Just, like, sit for two weeks, and it's been, like, eight months. So there's clearly something bigger going on health-wise. Um, he could absolutely be playing right now. Like, that's very clear. He could be gutting out games. Oh, no doubt about it. he's choosing not to. And whether that's – and I don't really know what to think about him. He's been so quiet and reserved. I don't have a feel for him the same way I have a feel for – a lot of stars. Um, I think it's clear that the Spurs are going to, because they've cleared me to decide not to play, they're basically going to be like, look, like, you need to like commit to us and say, like, I will play all these games for you or we're going to trade you. Yeah. Um, I think people hugely overreacted to his season two years ago where everyone was ready to make him like the second best player in the NBA practically. I mean, Skip Bayless was like, he's better than LeBron. I mean, Skip Bayless is an <laughs> I was never... As high on him, I was like, you know, he's like the sixth best player. But when he came back, he wasn't very good. I think a lot of people are, like, way too high on him. And, I, yeah, I think he's gone. I don't know. This is so weird. It's like the weirdest NBA storyline. That and the faults thing. Yeah, it's been bizarre. I think there's a good chance he stays still. Really? Um, I do. I just, I think, well, I think the the reason he would stay is be like, look, like, I didn't feel right. I do feel right. He can get the most money if he stays there. But then again, like, there's all this stuff about him wanting bigger endorsements. There's a good chance he leaves anyway. Um, so let's say he leaves, which is, actually it's probably more likely he leaves. I mean, why would? there's no reason to stay besides Pop. And him and Pop, it seems like, have a very fractured yeah, relationship now. roster's trash now. So let's say he goes. Um, I think if you're the Celtics, the money's going to be weird because you're already paying Hayward a ton. You're paying Horford a bunch. You're paying Kyrie a ton. We'd be luxury tax. If you max out Kawhi, that's your team and you're done. You get Horford. You're stuck with Horford, Hayward, Kawhi, Kyrie, and whatever Tatum and Brown become. Because at that point, the only veterans you're getting are on the minimum. To but dude, that's tax. <laughs> that's an NBA championship team right there. I, I think you have the pieces of an elite defensive team, and with Kyrie, Kawhi, Hayward, Horford, you and should a, be an elite offense and a bright team. future too. Because we're keeping and those you, young yeah, guys, and then you're bringing but, up. Okay, so a the thing is, you'd have to trade most like you'd have to trade Brown or Tatum one hundred percent if you're going to get. It. I think if you did Brown, and I'm of the opinion you flip Brown, not Tatum, because I I don't know what Brown's going to become. I know Tate, what Tatum's going to become. I think you flip Brown, that awesome Kings pick from next year, and a first of your own. And I don't see anyone else who's topping that. That's a that's a lot. I don't even know if I'd do that much. Like I I'm you I could totally throw agree with in you. There too. I totally agree with you where Tatum should be absolutely untouchable right now. I think that dude has 
top five brightest future, like the question we were just talking about, who would you start your franchise with? He's like my fifth guy because, dude, he, he's been dropping he's 20 already, points like as a rookie. He's so good already. He's so good. He's so good. And one thing to keep in mind with those two, sorry, is I made this point a while ago. They played Summer League, and they played Summer League hard. They did not go through the motions of Summer League. They went to Summer League like, I'm going to play spot minutes in the NBA next year. I need to, like, make a stance. So they've been playing all-out basketball for now 11 months, whereas everyone else has been playing eight. And they've been playing 35, 36 minutes a game the whole year like everyone else. So they might be, like, it's, it's very reasonable to think that they're doing what they're doing right now with very dead legs. And he's still that good. Yeah. So yeah, I think you trade you trade Brown. I mean that that isn't it a Grizzlies pick, right? Memphis Grizzlies. They also have Grizzlies pick, but that that Lakers pick they were gonna get turned into a Kings pick. Okay, so the that's what I meant. The Kings pick is gonna be like next year. It's gonna be like the one through it's five. It's, it's gonna be really high. I think it's like one protected, but everything else. So two through it. five most likely, and then the we have like the Clippers pick or something. We have so many fucking. You still have a war chest. Sick picks in the future. You still have so a war chest. Yeah. Let's be careful about doing that. Like two first rounders and. Brown, that's a lot. Because Brown, no, let's not Brown. let's not say we're not like we're not sleeping on Jalen Brown. He's he's going to be. I think he'll probably be like some type of Jimmy Butler type superstar someday. I can see him becoming Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's the most apt comparison for me. Because that jump shot's not if, there. If he gets that more consistent jump shot, a little bit, but Jimmy's also a fucking warrior. I think Tatum has top three player in the NBA potential. Um. I don't know. I mean, he'd have to be dropping 30 a game to be a top three player in the NBA. But, dude, like, in the in the real regular season, he was dropping, like, 16 a game on very few shots. Yeah, he's already nasty. So if you just up that volume, he's going to score more. But the thing is, <laughs> this the way this team is, he's probably going to be a six-man next year, which is crazy, because, you know, him and Hayward play the same position. And, you know, especially if we get Kawhi, then Tatum doesn't really have a spot on that starting and then lineup. And what do you do with Smart? I think if you got Kawhi, like they, the, I mean, those two guys would be gone. But Smart's the dude you want out there. He, I guess, he'd be like the seven man coming with Tatum. But he's the guy you want out there at the end of the game, no matter what. I would really try and keep him. I mean, what what I would do is, I don't think you need both of them. I would try and flip Rozier this summer. I'm of the belief that Rozier is an NBA starting caliber player, 100. percent Um, and I think you know teams should want to get him to to be either their second or third best guard. Um, so I would more give up on Rogier because Rogier's it's kind of easier to see what he does. Smart is such a hard piece to work around. I think Stevens has really figured out what he's good at. And like, it just, it wouldn't make any sense. Like if you're the Nets or you're the Bulls, you have a ton of cap space. Like why are you throwing an $18 million a year deal at Smart? Like he's not going to score reliably in the right matchup. He's not, you know, used wrong. He's a useless player. And if you're not a good team yet, he's not going to be the guy that takes you up to a good team. He's the guy that does things no one else can do in roles no one else can fulfill. Yeah, and I mean, like his role in the Celtics, that's where he's best. He wouldn't be this good on, I mean, he'd be great on like a Warriors or a team or like a Rockets. He would be incredible on a team like that. But it has to be a good team. He's not someone that can carry you in any way, shape, yeah. or form on offense. He's not someone you sign if you're 35. Rozier would be good on any team, basically, and Smart wouldn't. Yeah. And I think... So that Shane Larkin has a little bit emerged as someone who can be a poor man's Terry Rozier in the future. Tenth man, and we don't have anyone. I don't think there's anyone in the league that can replace Marcus Smart on this team. Yeah. So, so I think we keep Marcus Smart at all costs. I would say you flip Rozier because I think when Rozier becomes a free agent, someone's going to throw a deal at him you don't want to match. With Smart, I think you might be able to because no one has cap space this summer. Sit there, offer him a crappy deal, and just wait for someone else to blink. Because, like, I don't know what good team is going to throw $12 million a year at him. And if you can get him for, like, 7 or 6 I'd do that and keep him. Um, especially because, assuming you don't get Kawhi and you keep the powder dry for someone like Anthony Davis, you're going to be over the tax. So you want to keep – you have to be very judicious about your spending. Yep. I don't know, man. Smart, smart's my guy. He's the heart and soul of this team. I would hate, I would hate to see us get rid of him. That being said, I think I would trade Tatum and Brown for AD tomorrow. No, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Tatum's not Tatum's <laughs> untouchable. I'm not. AD's I'm not so trading good. Tatum for anything, dude. AD said he'd resign. I would fuck do that. that. No, Tatum. I I I'd, ta- I'd trade Tatum for Giannis and Ben Simmons and LeBron and KD. 
I literally think that's it. And not Anthony Davis? I guess one for one for sure I would, but... Not Jalen Brown, too? No. Um, yeah, that's all I got. What do you, what's your LeBron take? You said Pelicans, right? Oh, like where he goes? Yeah. I mean, I think he's gone cast. for sure, especially... I mean, there's no chance he makes he wins the championship. Most likely scenario is probably loses to the Raptors. I mean, he's going to lose. Let's put it that way. He and can. he needs to be on a team that has a chance to win I'll every year. I'll put it this way. If he wins the title, I'll say he's better than Jordan. It's just with this team. I, I already think he is. I didn't watch Jordan. <laughs> it's my, you know, my take with LeBron is I never watched Jordan, and I can't imagine a player being better than LeBron. Like, I can't, there's no it way has to be to better. Be relative. It has to be relative. Like, uh, if you took... Like, relative to the competition you faced at the time? Yeah, I think if you put LeBron in 1993, he's the best player alive. Of course, dude. This is, uh people are so frustrating with this debate. LeBron is ten times more talented than Jordan. But you it's just a fact, dude. The, the guys in the guys 90s were era. skinny white, dude. Like, no one was good. You can't judge LeBron's playing era, incredible athletes. So, I think the whole GOAT debate is, like... Who is more talented, LeBron? Who is better against their current competition? And that's Jordan. probably Jordan. Yeah. So that's tough. But, dude, LeBron, I'd love to see him on the Pelicans. That'd be sick. That'd be fun. I, I don't know how he fits with Rondo. Basically, we keep him out with LeBron is you want shooting around him, and you need guys who are dangerous off-ball around him. Like, the whole reason the Warriors works is because everyone's dangerous off-ball. If you paired him with the like Simmons, like the Sixers are now like the stealth, like he's gonna go there. Embiid's not super useful outside the post. He's a thirty-one percent three-point shooter, and there's no point in Ben Simmons in having Ben Simmons if he's gonna stay on the other end of the court and not touch the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think Pelicans, Seventy Sixers. I can't really imagine where else he'd go at this point. Rockets. Spurs is not happening. I've been saying Rockets. He'd be an idiot to go to the Rockets. Well, like let's say they flame out in round two, or they get like swept in round three. Like that's. It's not really front-running. The Chris Paul thing makes me think the Rockets are an option because they're boys. He'll obviously give his pitch this summer. <laughs> and then Lakers, I don't think. I would, why would you go to, like, even if Paul George goes there, why would you go to the Lakers? They're not going to be nearly good enough. Yeah, this is Knicks' Bucks, point, is that Bucks. You have to climb, like, ten really good teams in the standings if you go to the Lakers. Yeah. What if you're what if he goes to the Bucks, dude? That'd be sick. That but that's not happening. a disaster. Pelicans would be awesome, but the Pelicans organization probably sucks, and who wants to be in... I guess New Orleans is fine. I think what he's taken for granted is that he, when he went to Miami, he went there to play with Wade and Bosch, but he also joined a fucking adult organization with a great coach and a GM that knew what needed to be done and Pat Riley. And, like, I don't think D'Antoni's a great coach, but if you go to the Rockets, you have a GM in Maury who's probably the best GM in the league at tinkering around with tiny amounts of money to make get good players there. I mean, Tucker and Bob Mute are two of the best dollar-for-dollar dollar signings of the summer. And those are just... They're playing huge roles right now for the Rockets. Um, so I would just... I would go there. I would trust that Maury can continue to reload the team around me. I'd play out Chris Paul's prime. And then I'd go to the Lakers. Like, why can't he go play there when he's 35? Lakers? You think he's, you want him to go to the Lakers like, to end his career, basically? Yeah. Go go play with the Rockets for three years. Make a run of this Warriors dynasty. And then go go moonlight on the Lakers. Um, I like, think he should go to the 76ers. Uh, my take is he's on the 76 His fit with Simmons is terrible. I'm not sure that's true, man. That's what, what is, they said about Harden and Paul. Like, the two dudes, they play this, like, they will bully the fuck out of everyone they play. What, do, what does Ben Simmons do if LeBron has the ball? He sets screens, dude. <laughs> and then Embiid. Do normal stuff. Then where does Embiid go? He's a, dude, Simmons is one of the smartest guys in the league already. He knows what to do. And if you have... They would be more of a bullying team than the shooting team. I guess it would be more of, like, not really a modern team. I guess, yeah, it would be weird. I don't know how it works, man. I know if he goes to the Sixers, they make it to the finals yeah. every year. There's so much if talent he goes there, the Rockets, awesome. If he goes to the Rockets or the Pelicans, they don't make the finals every year necessarily. There's so much talent there that they'd be awesome, but I don't think... Like, I'd rather see them, both Simmons and LeBron and Embiid, on teams where they can be maximized. That would not maximize Well, that's, like... For a viewer quality thing, like we'd prefer to see them be great on other teams, but together, who like basically same thing with the Rockets. You'd always have an probably like a Hall of Fame point guard in LeBron or Simmons out there at all times. That team would be fire. If LeBron really wants to win championships, he goes to the 76ers, right? That would be the best fast break ever. A LeBron <laughs> Simmons fast break. LeBron doesn't really run that much anymore, but like I remember my most coherent memory of the Miami Heat with LeBron and Wade is that 
their fast breaks were fucking insane because those two were like two of the five best. The lobs. Do you ever just watch like the top ten way to LeBron fast break lobs? Just like yeah, like because hundreds of them are sick, and it would be better with Simmons and LeBron. That'd be sick. Um. Yeah, it's like that's something he goes Rockets if he can. If he goes to the Lakers because they have a ton of cap space and they get Paul George and then he can turn some of their young guys into a third star, I think he he would do that too. I but playing around with it, it's tough to find a guy. But someone like Kawhi, right? Like, what if they turn? I'd want to keep Ingram. And they could turn Ingram into Kawhi fairly easily with a few other strings attached. Get Randall out of there too. I mean, the Lakers could make a good like they could be like we're gonna get. Kawhi, Paul George. Yeah. And yeah. if they do that, then LeBron should reasonably go. But if Kawhi, Paul George, you'd get, Lonzo. You'd have to trade Lonzo, probably. See, I think Lonzo would be very well suited. Or Koo, you could trade Koo. I mean, they have, they have guys that people want. They but, dude, what? Decks. Talk about a fit. What the fuck is Lonzo going to do with LeBron with the, when LeBron has the ball? It's true. Lonzo. He can't shoot. He needs the ball in his hands. Well, there's really a world where badly. Lonzo's a good spot up shooter. Uh, he did shoot like 40% in the last part of the year, so. If he can hit threes, yeah. See with LeBron, though, he's like low key kind of a tough piece to play with because he can't. He's still a really good shooter. He needs the ball. There's no point in having LeBron off ball that much. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Or he could like slim down a ton and try and run and gun, which would be really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to like think about what he would do when he's just mired in like this crappy Cavs team. He's so tired all the time; it's just brutal. Yeah. Anyway, feels like we should wrap. You have anything else? I'm all set, man. That's a good talk. Good discussion. Good to get you back on the pod, Go as Celtics. always. <laughs> um, yeah, got some good Game 7s. Game 6 is coming up. And then, uh, yeah, the second round should be fun, too. Especially, I mean, the East team suck, but that means the games are going to be fun because they're so even, you know what I mean? A lot of parity. Yeah, and like you were saying, that was a good point. Like, brain, a lot of brain-brawn matchups coming up. For sure. All right, man. Sounds good. Thank you to the listeners for sticking around. Um, I'll keep putting out NBA playoff stuff. Probably about one podcast a week because I don't have that remote set up. But yeah, thanks for listening. Take care.